Welcome to the Substantiate Podcast. This week, I don't have a guest. Uh, just, again, starting up the new year, just going to talk some NFL going into the postseason. And I know I also don't have the intro today. I'm not recording on the device I usually record on. But I'm still here bringing you an episode. So, for starters, let's talk some NFL and where else to start than that game on Sunday night where it is Chargers against the Raiders in Vegas. It goes into overtime. And what winds up happening is with like two or three seconds left in the fourth quarter, the Raiders kick a field goal to win the game. And the interesting thing about it is that if or the Chargers call a timeout there, and supposedly uh, if the Chargers don't call that timeout, which I guess was to ice the kicker, then the Raiders had planned on taking a kneel and just ending in a tie because they would get into the playoffs either way. So it's kind of interesting and uh, unfortunate for the Chargers because there's no way they could know that, and I don't know why, honestly, they would change their decision-making because you kick the field goal, you win, you're in the playoffs, you miss the field goal it's a tie you're still in the playoffs you take a kneel it's still a tie so I don't know but that's what winds up happening and so the interesting aspect to that is that going into that game there's a crazy playoff scenario where if the Colts lose to Jacksonville in Jacksonville then if that game ended in a tie both teams would make it to the playoffs so, well, sure enough, Jacksonville comes out, they beat the Colts, and the Colts haven't won in Jacksonville since, like, 2014, which is crazy, uh, considering how bad Jacksonville has been, and they play that game in Jacksonville once a year, but still, that is how it's gone. And then the Steelers, who beat the Ravens earlier in the day, then... Well, if that game ends in a tie, then they no longer make the playoffs, and Big Ben uh, will, well, his career would be over. He would have no playoffs this year. So fortunately for the Steelers, that's how it wound up playing out. But, I mean, that's crazy. And, I mean, if every Week 18 is going to be like that, where, you know, these crazy scenarios play out, then... I mean, week 18 is going to be a great addition. Now, to turn the tables in the other direction for a team that, or two teams, I should say, that, well, week 18 was just another week of misery. And, I mean, there's a few different um, places where this uh, happened. Notably, the Bears lose to the Vikings. Both teams fired 
head coach. I know the Vikings fired their general manager. Not sure if the Bears fired their general manager. Um, but you know, that's a game, no playoff implications. And then the other one that really jumps out where both teams are out of it is Washington at the Giants. And I was fortunate enough to have been in the area, realized that tickets were extremely cheap because who would want to go to that game in 36 degree weather? So I wind up going to the game with three of my friends. And as a Giants fan, that was awful to get through. And so the final score is 22 to 7, Washington. And the game, like it, at the half, it was only 6 nothing. So it was super close. And then in the third quarter, Washington scores a pick six. They, so they're up 12 nothing. They decide to go for two, and they do not convert. Uh, I believe it was Xavier McKinney who broke up that two-point conversion. And so now it's 12 nothing, right? Still, you know, a two-touchdown game. And the fourth quarter was, again, miserable as a Giants fan. They wind up scoring one touchdown to Darius Slayton, was right in front of me, which was cool. But, uh, and then Washington also scored a touchdown on the other end. That one was Antonio Gibson, who danced into the end zone. Uh, I mean, if you watch that game and you say, okay, here are the two running backs. They're Antonio Gibson and Saquon Barkley. Right, A couple years ago, you definitely would have said Saquon Barkley had the better game, but the crazy thing is Antonio Gibson had a pretty decent game. 21 carries, 146 yards, and a touchdown. Meanwhile, the Giants' leading rusher was Jake Fromm, the quarterback, with five carries for 53 yards. And if you want to talk about the Giants' top receiver, well, that's Darius Slayton with two receptions, 29 yards, and a touchdown. Not a great day for the Giants. And, you know, here you're looking at two teams. Washington, yeah, I guess they're making some kind of progress. They finished the season 7-10. and 10. I believe last year they were 6-10. and 10. Uh, Yeah. Or maybe it was seven and nine, but you know they were around there, so they're not looking horrible. Again, this year their starting quarterback all year was Taylor Heineke, uh, because uh, what's his face Ryan Fitzpatrick got hurt in week one. So, you know, considering that they did pretty well this season, and I know uh, Chase Young was hurt on the defense for a while, did not have a great season. Uh, you know, overall, Antonio Gibson got off to a slow start, but <laughs> as shown this past week, he had a good game. And Terry McLaurin, again, another part to work with there. You know, definitely a formidable wide receiver in this league. And, you know, when it comes to the defense, again, Washington does not have the greatest defense, but 
they were able to hold the Giants to seven for what it's worth, including two interceptions and a pick six this week. And fun fact, the Giants have now thrown a pick six to each of their division rivals this season. Uh, Ultimately, right, the Giants, they're in the other direction. They're on the down and down. And after the game, Dave Gettleman winds up being... uh, retiring as I'm putting in air quotes because you know it's really just okay you know (laughs) just you can have the easy out to make you look a little better and then today on Tuesday the day before this is published they wind up firing Joe Judge the head coach so you know they're definitely shaking things up there and I, I mean the Giants are they're a mess, at least on offense and special teams for the most part. So, right, the, we'll start with the good parts. The defense, I mean, listen, they held Washington to 16 points, right, because you have to take out the pick six for what the defense allowed. So, you know, not horrible, but at the same time, that's Washington, and you look at the uh, top tackle leaders of the game. You're looking at Tay Crowder, Lorenzo Carter, um, Xavier McKinney, Logan Ryan. Uh, right, so these aren't guys that you're going to win around. You know, maybe some pieces. Uh, Xavier McKinney, Logan Ryan's a veteran. He's not going to be there too long. Um, right on the defense the things you really have to work around Leonard Williams you can make an argument to keep Dexter Lawrence Um, Aziz Ojolari the second round pick he's good meanwhile you know they bring in uh, players like Dory Jackson you know from Tennessee did not have a great season and You know, it's funny, just looking at these tackle leaders on the Giants, and you start to scroll down the list, and all of a sudden you see offensive players. Nate Solder with a tackle. Um, I guess that probably came off of a turnover. And, I I mean, not great. But, uh, yeah, if you then flip over to the offense, I mean, no matter what team you're a fan of, like, it can't get much worse than how the Giants ended the season. They ended the season on a six-game losing streak that was tied for the worst in the NFL with Baltimore, but that was without Lamar Jackson and John Arbaugh, you know, screwed up those two games with the two-point inversions that they did not make. So, and I think there was one other team that also lost six straight ten this season, though it's slipping my mind. And so that really can't get much worse here. Backup quarterback goes down. Then, you know, week 18, you're left with Jake Fromm, recently picked up off of the Buffalo practice squad. You have your second overall pick, Saquon Barkley, rushing for 30 yards on 11 carries with along of six. Uh, You score one touchdown to Darius Slayton, the receiver that you're paying $72 million to, including over $40 million guaranteed over four years. 
Kenny Galladay finishes the season without a touchdown. In this game, he had three receptions for 22 yards. You know, Saquon Barkley, he also had three receptions for 19 yards. All of a sudden, they start using Kyle Rudolph, who they're paying a couple million dollars to. Um, four receptions for, again, only 17 yards. And so, you know, not the greatest there. Uh, definitely room to improve. And I, I don't... I doubt he'll be back on the team. And just when you thought that Evan Ingram hadn't had quite as bad as a season as he did last year because he actually, you know, he well, A, he wasn't targeted as much this year, but B, he didn't drop as many balls. Well, sure enough, one of his five targets goes right through his hands, dropped, and out of those five targets, he had just one reception. So, not great. Not a lot to work with there. And, you know, that is basically as bad as an NFL team can get. You know, obviously you can get shut out, but, you know, rarely does that happen. And, you know, you would have to be going up against a pretty elite defense in Washington. It's just not that. But it was close. It was close. Uh, Just going through some other games here. The Titans pull out the win over the Texans in a very meaningful game, 28-25. And that means the Titans will have the number one seed in the AFC, right? All year, people were talking about, all right, who's going to take the one seed in the AFC? Are the Chiefs going to come back? Which they did. You know, if they won just one more game at the beginning of the season when I believe they were 3-4, and four, then they would not be playing next weekend. But ultimately, the Titans hold on to the one seed in the AFC. Um, other games, the Bills are able to beat the Jets at home 27-10. to And that means that they won the division. The Patriots fell just short. They lose to the Dolphins, 33-24. to Not a great way to head into the postseason. Uh, that game down at Hard Rock in Miami. And the Saints, you know, the Saints might be the hardest team to have figured out this year, right? They beat the Falcons 30-20 to in the final game of the season. They had some good games. They had some bad games, right? They never really had a quarterback. So, you know, a bit perplexing uh, in there. And the Falcons also, like, they're not a horrible team, but they're, they're not a good team. You know, they, they've they had numerous losses and uh, games that were close to losses this year. I mean... You look back, uh, you see at the beginning of the season, they lose 32-6 to to the Eagles. Bad. They lose 48-25 to the Bucs, but that was when the Bucs were healthy and pretty good, so okay. They only 
squeak out a win over the Giants by three points, 17-14 to 14 in New Jersey. They lose to Washington by four. They beat the Jets by a touchdown in London. They beat the Dolphins only by two. They lose by five to the Panthers. Uh, they beat the Saints by two earlier in the season. Get crushed by the Cowboys 43-3 to on November 14th. Get shut out by the Patriots 25 to nothing the following week. Then continuing on, they only beat Jacksonville by seven. Then they lose 30 to 17 to the Bucks. So, you know, and you can keep going down. They lose 29-21, or excuse me, they win by 29-21 over Carolina. Uh, Get crushed by the 49ers. They only squeak out a win over Detroit by four points. They lose by two touchdowns to the Bills and then lose by 10 to the Falcons. Uh, oh, excuse me, to the Saints. They are the Falcons in Week 18. So, I mean, I, I guess they're really not a good team, despite that their record is okay. Uh, other n- things to note in the NFL, the Chiefs uh, narrowly beat the Broncos 28-24. Cowboys crushed the Eagles on Monday night football on a Saturday night. No comment. 51 to 26. The Packers lose to Detroit by seven, and people are going nuts over this. Meanwhile, Aaron Rodgers barely played. Um, he, meanwhile, he did throw two touchdowns, no interceptions for 138 yards, 14 of 18 throwing. He was sacked three times but only lost eight yards, not bad. And then, I mean, if you're the Packers, Jordan Love comes in. He's 10 of 17 for 134 yards, one touchdown, but two interceptions. Um, His quarterback rating, 32.7. Not great, to say the least. So if you're a Packers fan, you cannot be excited going into next season, likely without Aaron Rodgers. You know, they really have to go for it all this year, which presumably they will. So that is the NFL just looking ahead to the wild card matchups. We have two games on Saturday, Raiders at the Bengals. That game is going to be at 4.30 on NBC, uh, Sunday night football broadcast there on a Saturday afternoon. Again, no comment. It just makes no sense. Then Patriots at Bills, the division matchup to start the playoffs in the AFC. Uh, CBS, that game is going to be at 8-15. And then on Sunday, Eagles at Buccaneers. This game's going to take place at 1 p.m. on Fox. Then you come down to 49ers at Cowboys at 4.30 p.m. on CBS. And Steelers at Chiefs at 8.15 NBC. That one is the real Sunday night football broadcast because it's on Sunday night. 
And then on Monday night, the first ever wild card games be played on a Monday night, 8.15 p.m. in SoFi Stadium. The Cardinals will take on the Rams, another divisional matchup. And that one's interesting because the Cowboys, uh, excuse me, the Cardinals wind up choking this week, right? In week 18, the Cardinals lost to the Seahawks by 8 points, 38-30 to 30 in Arizona. So rather than taking on the Cowboys, which they would have if they won, and they also just played them in week 17 and crushed them, then instead they're playing against the Rams, which is not an easy game in L.A. However, the Cardinals have been much better this year on the road than at home. And you want to talk about tough losses. The Rams also lost in overtime to the Niners when it seemed like most of the stadium was wearing red and Niners fans, likely because L.A. didn't have a football team for 20 years. And then the Rams finally moved back a few years ago. But anyway, that is basically the NFL coming up this weekend. I feel like I might have missed a game in there with a wild card. No, didn't miss any. And so now let's talk college football. You have the national championship from Monday night where Georgia comes back. They beat Alabama, which was their only loss of the season, 33-18. to 18. That was a close game most of the way. And then Georgia pulls it out at the end. They get a clutch interception. And... Ultimately, uh, right, so Georgia's only loss of the season, which was to Alabama, but they also beat Alabama. So they are definitely the national champions. Uh, This is the first time that one of Nick Saban's former assistant coaches beats him in a game as head coach. So that's definitely interesting there. And going back, you look at the uh, college football playoffs, the semifinals. Alabama handled Cincinnati easily, not looking good for the non-Power 5 conference teams uh, because they, you know, their undefeated team just got crushed by Alabama. And then Georgia also crushes Michigan, and I mean... Georgia and Alabama were by far the two best teams this year. Uh, Unfortunate that, you know, obviously we saw that game twice. Had different outcomes, but, you know, typically you like to see a different matchup there. But, you know what? Michigan and Cincinnati had opportunities to win and make it a different matchup, and neither of them won. I was at the Orange Bowl in Miami for Georgia over Michigan, and I mean, I was out of the stadium by the time Michigan scored their one touchdown, and I I mean, that game was not close. Uh, 
So, honestly, they scored even more points than Alabama. So, you can argue which is the worst loss for Cincinnati or Michigan. But the final rankings come out to be from the uh, AP. It is Georgia, Alabama, Michigan, Cincinnati, Baylor, then Ohio State, Oklahoma State, Notre Dame, Michigan State, and Oklahoma. And some other notable teams behind them. I mean, Ole Miss, Utah, Pittsburgh uh, are up there. Actually, Clemson winds up climbing five spots in the final poll up to 14, followed by Wake Forest. And I'm not going to get below there, but those are the top 15. And in the coaches' poll, it's a little different. Ohio State is number five, Baylor is six. Um, also, Notre Dame and Michigan State are flipped 8-9, and nine, uh, and still Oklahoma 10, Ole Miss, Utah, uh, Pitt, Pitt, Wake Forest, and then actually Kentucky is before Clemson in that poll. But, you know, Clemson, they do come back. They finish the season ranked after being unranked for the first time in a really long time early in the season um, because they, I believe they lost to Wake Forest in there. Uh, Oh, no, they lost to Georgia. They played Georgia in out-of-conference game, the first game of the season. They lose to Georgia. They were ranked number three at the time. Then, you know, they come in, they crush SE State 49-3. Uh, they only beat Georgia Tech 14-8, but a win is a win. And it was really when they lost to NC State, not SC State, NC State, 27-21, to that their season really takes a turn for the worst. They only beat Boston College by six. They, lo- oh, they beat Syracuse by three. Then they lose to Pitt by ten, and... They remained pretty steady from there, and ultimately they were the ones to beat Wake Forest, but, you know, definitely not the season you were hoping for as a Clemson fan. So now to, before we sort of wrap this up, just telling you about Built Bar at Built.com. These bars are amazing. They're the protein bars, super healthy, typically 17 grams of protein-ish and around 4 or 5 grams of sugar um, and you know, plenty of fiber in these things, uh, n- low net carbs. So definitely the healthy protein bar covered in 100% chocolate. Honestly, some of the flavors like double chocolate and coconut brownie chunk they almost taste more like candy bars than protein bars, but they are healthy for you. So, you know, I had one of the coconut brownie chunks earlier today. It really is great. They've got plenty of fit flavors over on Built.com. Uh, and, you know, always be checking in there because they have limited time flavors that come and go pretty quickly and they sell out frequently. So, Code SUBSTANTIATE to save yourself 10% off at Built.com. 
and again there are just so many different great flavors there as well as there are other products like built broth and built boost for an energy drink so go check those out built.com so now getting back into the last little bit here right obviously there is no baseball to talk about other than the lockout but that's the whole reason why there's no baseball to talk about uh so going right on to the nba and just if you had to guess where the chicago bulls would be going into this season most people are not saying the number one seed well guess what that is where they are in the eastern conference as of tuesday night they are two games ahead of Brooklyn. They are three games up in the loss column, and they have one more win. And, I mean, DeMar DeRozan, that is the signing, the move of the offseason in the NBA, as well as bringing in Lonzo Ball, Alex Caruso, and, you know, it's all go along with Zach Levine. You know, definitely looking good there. Uh, Brooklyn, as I said, number two, they've played pretty well, especially on the road, even before Kyrie was back. So they are up at number two seed, followed by Miami, just half a game back, just one more loss. They're still playing well after being in the finals a couple years ago as a six seed. They're now up to number three, then the Bucks, Sixers. Cleveland, they go out, uh, I believe it was Rick Rubio, he gets hurt, so they trade for Rajon Rondo. I mean, Cleveland, they're a very young team. They still have Kevin Love, but, uh, I mean, that's really, well, I guess Kevin Love and Rajon Rondo make up most of their playoff experience, so that's where they're at. But then you go into the playing range, and all of a sudden, Toronto, Charlotte, Washington, and Boston. So in the Eastern Conference, out of the teams at the top, would you have guessed the Bulls are up there? Would you have guessed the Heat are up there? Would you have guessed Cleveland is the sixth seed? Then you come into the play-in. The Raptors, I mean, Fred Van Vliet has been going crazy for them. They're three games over five hundred at a record of 20 and 17. Uh, Boston has been having an okay year, but, I mean, the Knicks have been underwhelming. The Atlanta Hawks, underwhelming. Indiana, I mean, I'm not sure anyone was expecting big things from them, and then there's Detroit and Orlando, but definitely the Knicks and the Hawks uh, wasn't quite expecting that from them. So, you know, Definitely just interesting there how uh, everything is sort of shaken up since last year. Milwaukee, they're sort of getting a bit closer. They're climbing up the standings at the four seed. And the Sixers, who knows what will happen there. But, I mean, the Ben Simmons is not a great situation. And meanwhile, they're... Only four games back of the Bulls, and they're a whopping seven games over 500. So they 
definitely still have a chance. Now in the Western Conference, I mean, Golden State has gone crazy. They just got Klay Thompson back for the first time in over 900 days. He hasn't played since the Raptors had full capacity, which is, except for like 10 games at the beginning of the season, has really not been the case since... Well, I guess there was the beginning of the 2020 season, but uh, at least in the playoffs since then. And so Golden State tied with Phoenix 30-9. and nine. And, I mean, getting Clay Thompson back, uh, you know, they should pull ahead with that over Phoenix. But, I mean, both teams just keep on winning. And uh, Golden State... One of those losses was in Toronto where Steph didn't play, um, Draymond Green didn't play, Andre Iguodala, who all of a sudden after a two or, yeah, I think it was only a two-year stint on Miami, finds himself back in Golden State. Just interesting there, but, uh, I mean, Phoenix, both Devin Booker, Dondre Ayton, and for that matter, Chris Paul, they've just had amazing seasons there. And the Phoenix Suns, ever since the bubble in 2020, they have truly been one of the top teams in the NBA. And they're all followed closely by the Utah Jazz, Memphis Grizzlies. The Grizzlies' John Morant had that crazy block. The other night, I think it was Avery Bradley on the Lakers shooting a layup, and he just goes up there and catches the ball like 10 or 11 feet up and brings it down. Uh, and then eventually you got Dallas, who's a bit further back there, five games back of Memphis, but still up there in the five seed. And the six seed, just another game back, is Denver. Uh, and then you got the playing range, so that's where you have the Lakers, the Timberwolves, the Clippers, and the Trailblazers. So as this goes, I definitely see the Clippers falling out of that position uh, with Paul George hurt. I mean, they don't really have much on their team right now, which is unfortunate, but I don't see them staying there. Portland, they're 16-24. and 24. I mean... It, just a couple years ago, this team was so strong, and although they weren't necessarily winning so many games, they, you know, it was a team that you wouldn't want to face in especially a one-game uh, play-in, right? You wouldn't want to play Portland, but, I mean, as it stands, it doesn't look like they're going to make it. San Antonio, they're just one game out of the 10 seed, so... You know, they could creep in there. Sacramento, just another half game back of the Spurs. You never know uh, up there. They, you know, they're the Sacramento Kings. They're not a good basketball team, but they play hard, and they've got a good coach up there. So then New Orleans, Oklahoma, Houston, they're all out of it. Although Oklahoma beat the Lakers, like, two or three times earlier in the season, which is crazy because it's hard to beat any team two or three times, but they managed to do it. And 
the Lakers are, you know, might be in the trickiest position here just with Russell Westbrook. Supposedly they've been trying to trade him and Anthony Davis is hurt. I mean, you know, you never know. They could still make a push for it. They are uh, just, they're only a game and a half out of the five seed. So, you know, they, they can definitely get up there. And by the end of the season, I see them finishing probably somewhere in the four to six range. But they definitely have had a tricky time here with injuries, as have all teams, especially with the different health and safety protocols that players have to go into. Uh, some teams missing coaches for periods of time. And it's something that's been going on for far too long at this point. Uh, not what you want to see in professional sports, but it is what it is. And yeah, that's basically going to wrap up this episode here. Uh, you know, check out Instagram for some NFL playoff predictions, just like I did last year. I'll try to get those up. Uh, record videos for them and yeah i mean as always at substantiate pod instagram and twitter uh, sometimes all live tweet games or events or your occasional random take but uh, other than that that's basically where it's at right now back in another two weeks with people back from vacations hopefully it'll be easier now to find guests um but in the meantime that is going to do it see you back here in two weeks with hopefully another guest thank you for listening to this episode of substantiate the best way to help support the show is to number one Tell your friends about Substantiate. That is the number one way to support us. The second way is to leave us a five-star review in Apple Podcasts or Podchaser. Number three, follow us at SubstantiatePod on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Hello, I'm Anthony. And I'm Dr. Issues. And we're hosts of Capes on the Couch, the podcast where comics get counseling. Superheroes don't always get to go home happy. That's where we come in. We offer psychiatric and mental health analysis of comic book characters. So check us out at capesonthecouch.live and across all social media platforms at Capes on the Couch.